Well, good morning, Element Church. My name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, so excited that you're here with us. You know, Trevor just talked about the Bible app, um, and this is a great way for you to follow along this morning. The scriptures that we're going to talk about this morning are already laid out there for you, as well as the connection card that you can fill out, um, prayer requests that you can fill out. You know, we love the opportunity to pray for you. And, uh, you know, there are also ways that you can pray for us as we as a church are in the search for a new worship pastor. Uh, this morning, I just want to say thank you to Mike uh, Kendall. Thank you so much for coming and leading us this morning. Uh, just a genuine joy and blessing to have you uh, leading us in worship this morning. Um, you know, Trevor talked about needing preschool volunteers. Um, this is the perfect time for us to launch preschool. You know, it's been a long year and a half that we haven't been able to do children's ministry in the school, and now we're being able to open that back up. You know, every week, um, since the kids are here in the room with us, we've been showing our, our Bible story. Um, we do something at Element Church where we take all of our kids from preschool all the way through up until they enter middle school through the entire Bible every three years. And it's on a three-year rotation, and so that way, as they finish up and they move up into a new classroom, they get to go through the Bible again, obviously more in depth. And you may have caught it, but the Bible story this week was out of Revelation, which means we're almost done with our three-year rotation and are about to start back in Genesis. And there'd be nothing better than to start uh, our preschool as we begin our rotation starting in the book of Genesis. And so we would love for you... Um, for those of you who feel called to do it, to step up, to serve in a new way, to join in our preschool ministry, and the sooner that we have those leaders in place is the sooner that we can open up our preschool rooms. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about um, one of my favorite psalms, and we're going to start in Psalm 130. And Psalm 130 says and begins like this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O oh Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O oh Lord, should mark iniquities, O oh Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait on the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord. Like watchmen, more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him there is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. You know, the book of Psalms is a collection of poems of songs and prayers. And they were put together as they were written by kings, by priests, by musicians, by prophets, by just ordinary people. There's 150 of them uh, in the Bible. And they serve as sort of a hymn book for God's people. They date as early as some of those that were written by Moses in the 14th century BC, all the way to those who were written anonymously just a few hundred years before Jesus was born. 
These psalms are a collection of praises and declarations and prayers and meditations and confessions. And they cover topics like love and adoration towards God, sorrow over sin, dependence on God in desperate circumstances and times. They talk about the battle of fear and trust, about walking with God even when the way seems dark and difficult. They talk about thankfulness for God and his care and deeds. Talk about the devotion to God's word and confidence in the eventual triumph of God's purposes in this world. Now these songs were designed and written both for individuals to read or pray or sing to express what's going on inside of them, but they were also written to be sung corporately. And so thousands of years ago, these psalms would be sung when God's people got together. Sometimes they would be chanted. Sometimes there would be a reader and response process of going through these and declaring things like the goodness of God and his faithfulness. Crying out for God's help and his mercy in desperate times of need. In the Psalms, you're going to find well-polished songs that are carefully crafted to express and praise God. To talk about his goodness and his glory, to give him thanksgiving. There's also some very real, real, raw Psalms. That are just one person confessing their sins, their failures, their shortcomings. Even at times confessing their doubt and their discouragement and their frustration. And their ways for God's people to interact with God. In both a very reverent and worshipful way and also in a very real and raw way. There's a lot of different kinds of psalms. There's lament psalms, um, whose primary function is to come to God in a troubled situation and cry out for his help. There's hymns of praise, um, whose primary goal is uh, to call on and enable God's people to admire God's great attributes and, and his goodness and his deeds. There are hymns of thanksgiving, which thank God for an answer to prayer. There's hymns of celebration, um, specifically those that celebrate God's word, that call people to admire it and to obey it more fully. There's wisdom psalms, which take themes out of the, the wisdom literature in the Old Testament, like Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs, and Job, And they turn these themes into a song. They're songs of confidence, which enable worshipers um, to deepen their trust in God and call on them to deepen their trust in God through all manner of difficult circumstances. There are royal psalms, psalms that remember God's promises that look forward to this promised king that God will send one day through the line of David, this king of kings who will come to do what no earthly king could accomplish. There are historical psalms 
that reflect back on ways in the past in which God has has stepped in and acted on behalf of his people. Some of these are good historical stories. Some of them are bad and are reminding people of what they should or shouldn't do. And there are prophetic hymns which pick up on the themes from the prophets calling God's people to remember the covenant promise that they made with God and to call them back to covenant faithfulness. The Psalms are an invitation As you read the Psalms, they're an invitation to allow you to express what God is doing in your heart. Sometimes when we don't have the words to come up with it or express it ourselves, they're invitations for all of God's people to come together to worship him, to glorify him. They're invitations for us to confess our sins, our shortcomings, our failures, to cry out for forgiveness and for help. They're invitations for us to remember all the ways in the past in which God has shown his power and his glory and his faithfulness to help us in those seasons where we can't can't really see a way out, when circumstances are so dark and difficult to remind us that God has been faithful in the past and will be faithful in the future. What I want to do is I want to look at Psalm 130 again this morning, but I want to break it down into sections to talk about really what this psalm is expressing and then to provide an invitation to you to allow it to become a song or a prayer for you. And so we go back to the beginning in Psalm 130, just verses 1 and 2. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. This is a lament psalm, a category, a type, or a genre of these songs that is a cry for help. Now, specifically, as we read further on in this particular psalm, we realize that this author of the psalm and all of the people who sing it are really calling out for God's help because of their own sin. And we'll see that in a minute as they start confessing their sin and seeking after God's mercy and his forgiveness. But this psalm doesn't have to be limited to just those who are confessing sin and asking for help. This can be a psalm that anyone can express when they're in a difficult circumstance, a difficult situation, when the world around them seems lonely and dark and difficult and crying out for help and crying out for God to hear our cries and our voices and our pleas for mercy. We move on to verses three and four. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Here, the author and then all of those who are singing this song or praying this song are recognizing that if God were to keep a record of sin, of all the times in which we rebel against him, and all the times that we go against what he has called us and created us for, that if God were to keep a record of all of our sins, none of us could stand in his presence. None of us would have the right to stand before a holy God. 
but with the Lord, there is forgiveness. If God were to keep a record of all our sins, none of us could stand. But with Lord, the Lord, there's forgiveness that he may be feared. This is the idea that we talked about just a moment ago. We read out of Psalm 31. That this isn't a scared kind of fear, but rather one of awe and respect and admiration. That none of us deserve to stand in his presence, but because of the forgiveness he offers, we do stand before him with confidence, yet with respect and with awe, with admiration and with fear. Knowing that our, the only right that we have to stand in his presence is because of him. We move on to verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. Sometimes when we cry out for God's mercy, sometimes out of the depths when we cry to him, sometimes our biggest challenges are waiting patiently, about trusting and waiting in the Lord. And here the psalmist is just reminding us of our need to wait and to trust. And here's how we can wait in difficult circumstances. Here's how when we, when we are crying to God and it feels like we're crying out of the depths, when darkness surrounds us, when it doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope or a, a real obvious way out, we can wait because our hope is in his word. Because in God's word, we find promises of his faithfulness. We, we find promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We find promises that when we cry to him, he will hear us. That when we come to him and we confess to him and repent, that he will forgive us. We're reminded of all the ways in the past that God has been faithful. We're reminded of his power that no matter how bad a situation is, no matter how heavy the circumstances are weighing on our shoulders, no matter how dark it seems to be in life, that he's the light in the midst of darkness, that he's stronger than anything that weighs us down, and that he's better than any evil or difficulty we face in this world. We can wait because our hope is in his word. And in his word, we find assurance and promises and truth. In verse 6, the psalmist cries out, My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Now, I don't know about you. I've never been a, a, a soldier or a watchman who had to be out on patrol in the middle of the night. So I don't have that experience. But I think a lot of us can still understand what the psalmist is saying, even if you haven't been in that situation. I remember growing up and deer hunting with my dad. And as I got older, instead of being by his side, I got to start going out on my own. 
But that meant walking through the forest and in the mountains long before the sun came out in the darkness. And when you're a kid walking alone in the forest, every sound is larger than life. Every little noise you hear, you just know, right, that it's something that's big and mean and wants to harm you. And I'll never forget being a kid just desperately waiting for that sun to come up because of the relief it brings. I remember being a kid and, and at the end of the day, and you're, you, we'd always have a meetup spot where my dad would bring his truck or a four-wheeler to come pick me up at the end of the day. And we would hunt until it got dark. And so once it gets dark, you'd get out of the tree stand or start hiking towards this meetup spot. And you get there and it's pitch black. And you're desperately waiting for the lights of that truck or that four-wheeler to start coming down the trail. Because every sound, you just know it's something that's there to get you. Here the psalmist is talking about how even more than than being desperately waiting for the sun to rise. For those who know that darkness brings danger, who are desperately waiting for the sun to come up, for some ray of light to bring relief. More than that, we, we wait for the Lord. Our soul longs for the Lord to show up. And then the psalmist cries out to all the people. says, O Israel, hope in the Lord. Now when these psalms were composed, Israel made up God's people. But what we know is that Jesus came to break down walls of hostility that divided people. That, that those who are not a part of the, the, the ethnic group of Israel are grafted into God's plan for this world and so when you see a cry or a call to Israel you can just replace that with oh people of God oh God's people oh people of God hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is steadfast love and with him is plentiful redemption with God there is unwavering Steady, faithful, resolute love. When we waver, when our hope wavers, when our faith wavers, God is unwavering. God is steadfast. And in him there is plentiful redemption. Man, I love that phrase, plentiful redemption. The redemption that God offers isn't limited. It's not about only a certain number of people are available to receive it. It's not that there's a limited supply for you and eventually you'll sin too much or rebel too much and then God's redemption runs out for you. In him there is plentiful redemption. And so no matter how many times we fall or waver, we can come back to this reality. We can pray this psalm again. We can cry out to God again because in him 
there is plentiful redemption. And then he closes it with this. And he will redeem Israel. He will redeem his people from all their iniquities, from all their sin, from all their rebellion. Because in him there is plentiful redemption, we can find forgiveness. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to close this portion of our time together to give you an opportunity to pray this psalm. Now, we're not going to pray it out loud, but what I want to do is provide you an opportunity to pray through it just on your own. And so this will be a little different than how we would normally end our message time. But I want to invite all of you to close your eyes and bow your heads just right where you sit. I'm going to read a few verses at a time. And then I want to give you the opportunity just where you sit in your heart to express your prayer to God. Maybe you repeat these exact same words to him. Or maybe you sort of rephrase them in your own words. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ear be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in his word I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning more than watchmen for the morning O Israel O people of God, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him there is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem his people from all their iniquities. Lord, we come to you this morning. And this is the cry, this is the prayer of our hearts. Though we have no right to stand before you because of who we are or what we have done, in you there's forgiveness. 
And so we stand before you, we come before you with confidence, but in awe and admiration and respect. Lord, as we cry out to you from the depths, whether that be the depths of sin that we find ourselves in or the the depths of a desperate situation, of heartache, of disappointment, of brokenness, of hurt. We call on you to listen to us and we celebrate and thank you because we know you do. And even in those days and in those moments when it doesn't feel like there's much hope, Lord, we trust in your word. We trust in you. We know that even in our unfaithfulness and our wavering, you are steadfast. We will wait for you. As long as it takes, we will wait for you to show up in our lives and in our situations. Our soul longs for you. Would you be honored by the way in which that we sing, the way in which we pray, the, the thoughts that we think in this moment as we respond to who you are, as we celebrate your goodness, we celebrate your faithfulness. Lord, we wait on you.